Welcome to the Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is episode number 13, and I'm Kevin, and Wes is on the other line. How's it going, Wes? Just great. We've been having some rainy weather here in San Diego, so we have not been frolicking on the beaches, although I did get some volleyball in last Saturday. Nice. I played for almost three hours. That was before the floods came? Yeah, it was like a day before the rain hit, and the sun was actually out for a little while. It was a bit windy, so the ball was doing all kinds of tricks, but it was good times. Lots of uh, interval training going on there, because we had like two-on-two and three-on-three a lot of the time, so you got to cover a lot of ground. Nice. Well, I've been kind of laying low. I actually just got over a cold, and... um... I'm not sure why I got that cold. I'm usually pretty healthy, but uh, I think I may have done the sin of overeating on Thanksgiving and then backed that up with a couple of not sleeping nights and wham. And then some running on top of it too, right? Oh yeah, the little pounding of the pavement. Or the beach sand. Don't you do the beach running sometimes? Yeah, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. So just popping a lot of vitamin C this last week and getting sleep and drinking water and stuff. So I'm pretty much back to normal now. Recovered nicely. Yeah, when I get sick, uh, it sticks with me for about a month. But um, I think that's because my immune system is compromised. I have a abnormally low CD4 T cell count, which uh, I think may contribute to that. But I haven't been sick for months and months. I think the last cold I had was about a year ago. But this is the time of the year to get colds, you know? Yeah. Winter months, people are kind of locked in to places. Yeah, this is the time of year where everybody's immune systems are compromised because they're typically not treating their bodies as well as they should be, and um, they're just picking up all kinds of germs. I actually have an article about immune systems by Mercola. This one is all about ways to boost your immune system. Right. You know, I've been reading him for a while, and he used to just say it was sleep, stress, sugar. This was titled The Top 12 Foods for Healthy Immune Response. Raw organic eggs from free-range chickens. I used to do those. I used to put those in smoothies, but I don't do smoothies anymore. It's best to do that through a straw, you know? Yeah. That way you can get that extra exercise. (laughs) Nice. They do that with the eggs over in the Philippines, the balut. Oh, yeah. It's It's an egg that's fertilized, and they eat the little baby duck or whatever it is in their chicken maybe. Uh, with the wings and feathers and all that good stuff. Eating babies. All right. Eating little embryos. Nice. So how do we segue from immune system into uh, metabolism? So, yeah. Can't lose weight, don't blame your metabolism. That's the uh, article from the Daily Mail in the UK. And there's actually a really cool picture on this article of a woman that is got two dumbbells with uh, donuts as weights. Mm-hmm. So we always find a way to tie in donuts to each of our podcasts. Yeah, maybe it's because we're deprived of donuts that we just <laughs> have to talk about them. Donut envy, perhaps? Yeah, donut envy. That's what it is. Yeah, she's really struggling with that uh, right side. Yeah. Trying to get that one up to the same level as the other side. <laughs> it's got to be like five pound donut bells. Yeah, yeah. The rainbow sprinkles are what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Those are extra tasty, but not so good for you. No. But uh, yeah, the dailymail.co.uk, I think it's kind of a rag. It's kind of like a tabloid thing, but they got this doctor, Dr. Susan Roberts, that kind of identified what she thought to be the myths of the metabolism theory that, you know, you've gained weight and you can't lose weight because your metabolism is slowed down. Yeah. This is a big deal. And in the culture, a lot of people really refer to this when they talk about the plateaus that they hit. 
Yeah, and I think um, it's often used as an excuse to not get down to your perfect weight. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, I'm different. You know, my metabolism isn't fast enough, and that's just how it is. That's just how I was born. So there was seven myths that she tackled here. And let me just do the headlines here. Some people eat huge amounts and won't get fat. And claiming that is a myth, that uh, it's just that they don't eat as much. You think that the skinny people are eating a whole bunch, but apparently they've done studies and they don't, they kind of regulate their food consumption more. But there is a range about how your body responds to the carbohydrates and the excess calories for that matter. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when I used to be more into weightlifting and uh, I would go and do the lat pulls and it was a gold's gym where there was a lot of uh, bodybuilders that would work out there. And I remember I'd compare myself, what I was lifting to what they were lifting. And it was like the same. And I'm, I'm like 150 pounds lighter than most of these guys or more, but we're lifting the same amount and they've got these huge lats and, and we're pulling down and I'm looking at it and going, how is this possible? You know, I imagine that's kind of the same feeling that people get when they see like a skinny person eating the exact same amount of food as them and nothing's happening to them. They're just staying skinny. Yeah, it can be frustrating. And uh, of course, the cause for the bodybuilders is they've done a lot of weight training to get to that level. And now they're just doing the uh, the toning stuff. So they'd lift less weight and more repetitions. The maintenance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the powerlifters really aren't that huge. They're not like bodybuilders, but they can definitely lift more weight than the bodybuilders. Yeah, and I remember hearing back when uh, the real deal Evander Holyfield was fighting. Mm-hmm, the real deal. Yeah, he was notorious for having like the perfect body, and he was uh, not big on the weights, and he said he only did a few crunches when he'd go into the gym, mm-hmm. and he had like these rock-hard six-pack abs. So I think you get to that point where it's just maintenance. Maintenance. And so the other myths here, menopause causes a drop in metabolic rate. And apparently that's been debunked. Yeah. So it's quite likely that hormonal changes brought on by the menopause reverses this monthly rise in uh, metabolic rate. But it accounts for only a relatively small drop in terms of the calories the body needs to function, equivalent to a typical biscuit, in fact, per day. Hmm. Well, sometimes those biscuits can be pretty big. Yeah. Especially when you slather a bunch of honey on there. And gravy. And jelly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Biscuits and gravy. Oh, that's a good mainstay for Americana. That's right. So the next one is interesting. Men have a faster metabolism than women, which protects against weight gain. Yeah. How much truth do you think is in that? Well, the doctor says uh, it's certainly true that men have a higher metabolism than women by about 300 calories a day. But while it used to be true that women gain more weight as they age, men have done a remarkable job catching up in recent years. So this higher metabolism doesn't automatically protect against weight gain. Men need to keep an eye on calorie intake too if they want to stop piling on the pounds. Yeah, women have a higher natural higher body fat percentage. I don't know if that enters into this, but... Yeah, so whether it's 300 calories or less or more, the proverbial beer gut is more or less the result of eating the extra carbs. So the more insulin secretion, because that insulin hormone is going to convert those carbs to fat and keep them locked there as fat. So you're saying that beer is okay, but just the carbs that you usually eat with your beer is probably bad? Yeah, if you eat zero-carb beer, that would be the best. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably going to invent that someday. They're getting down to that now, you know, with some of these new light beers they've got on the market. 64 calories for one of them? Yeah, I guess so. 
How about the uh, nuclear penguin? You, uh, did you have one of those today yet? <laughs> the highest alcohol content of all beers, right? <laughs> 32%. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Sam Adams, I guess, came out with a, a 27% one, and it was banned in quite a few states, apparently. <laughs> Way too toxic. But the alcohol acts as a carbohydrate, too, so you right. know, you watch out for that, in addition to it not being actually good for your liver. Yeah, those empty calories are the killers. Mm -hmm. So when you diet, your metabolism slows down so much that you plateau and can't lose any more weight. Well, this is probably one of the most common ones, right, that people use in, in their explanation as to why they're not losing weight. I mean, it really can be frustrating. You're on this supposedly great diet, and then you just hit a plateau, and you can't seem to lose anymore. So what is the reason there? Yeah, people get to the point where they're not losing weight, they get burned out, and then they just slip right back into their old habits because, you know, what's the point? Yes. And then it becomes even harder to get back to the path that they were on when they were losing weight. Yeah, even though they know that going back to their old eating habits is certainly not going to do them any good. Right. But it's the most, it's like the comfort zone, you know, it's what they're familiar with, what's emotionally nourishing in some uh, dysfunctional way, because obviously being overweight and being obese is not going to generate good feelings about self a lot of the time. Right. Because everyone really deserves to be their ideal weight. They really deserve an optimal lifestyle of health and nutrition. And just being your ideal person, if you will, is so important to living a good life. Yeah. And it's hard for people when they do hit these plateaus. But apparently the metabolism change when you diet, and here you have to ask, what is the diet they're on, right? Because different diets cause different things. But the doctor says here, this accounts for only about 30% of calorie reduction. For example, say you eat 1,000 calories a day rather than the typical 1940 consumed by healthy women. Your metabolism can be expected to slow by about 330 calories, so you are still cutting out 670 calories, the equivalent to losing a pound a week rather than a pound and a half. Mm -hmm. And then for dieters of all ages, plateaus are almost always caused by one or two other factors to do with calorie intake rather than usage. It's either down to a terrible diet, which works by causing mostly water loss for the first few weeks, then falters once the excess water has gone, or it's because the dieter is inadvertently eating more calories than the diet intends. And then, of course, she admonishes people to write down everything you eat for a few days and see <laughs> where the extra calories are creeping in. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, writing down everything you eat and keeping track of calories. Mm-hmm. Counting them in a very obsessive-compulsive fashion. Yeah, that just uh, makes me want to chew myself. Not to mention getting out the calculator with this big chart she has here about how yeah. to calculate your daily calorie intake. No, I don't think this is a good idea. I think this is how people hit plateaus and get frustrated and quit because they start having to count, or they think they have to count. And what's interesting is mine came out to be 1,800, and then you get this number of 1,800, then you multiply that, say I'm just sedentary, which I'm really not, but you multiply that times 1.5 to get my daily intake, supposedly, and it's 2,700 calories a day. Well, I'm eating around 2,000 calories a day, and I'm maintaining 175-pound weight, which is about 5 pounds from what I normally would have. I'm usually around 170. So something is really off there because... I was actually told there'd be no math in this podcast. Okay, did your brain just fry? So I'm lost, yeah. You're supposed to have a calculator handy. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot. But it just goes to show that this number crunching is, is itself a myth. Yeah. 
And there's actually a great study that everyone that's really adamant about this calorie theory of weight loss, you know, nutritionists and dietitians need to look at because it covers all the myths about this calorie theory of weight loss from a biochemical perspective. Yeah. It was titled, A Calorie is a Calorie Violates the Second Law of Thermodynamics. And it was in Nutrition Journal. I wonder how the nutritionist took that one <laughs> when that came out for publication. It was in 2004. Yeah. But they're basically saying if you have the same calorie diets, you're going to get different levels of metabolism, a burning of that energy because of the effect of certain macronutrients on your, your body. So this goes to all the studies that Atkins and Sears have referenced about isocaloric diets and how people lose the most weight significantly on ones that are lower carb. Yeah. And that just goes to, they didn't address the insulin factor, uh, but rather the gluconeogenesis that happens as a result of not eating as many carbs. So anyway, that gets into the nitty gritty of that. Yeah. So if someone hits a plateau, what would you do? I mean, what would you recommend? Well, I would really look at what I am eating, the kind of foods that I'm eating for one, to make sure that I'm eating optimally. And there's a great book for that. HealthyMindFitBody.com has... Oh, yeah. uh, our ebook and audiobook for this this very issue to get you on the right lifestyle to look at the types of foods for maintaining your optimal weight through the rest of your life rather than just getting down to your weight and then somehow trying to maintain that by slowly gravitating back to your original eating habits because you know I guess 95% of the people that go on diets and lose the weight end up gaining the weight back yeah so this is a huge problem and to get from your plateau down to that next level of where you want your body fat to be, I think it's just important to, to be really aware of what you're eating and to make sure that you're you know drinking plenty of water and getting the right nutrients, even micronutrients. But a lot of people that are doing the lower carb thing end up switching to the induction phase of the Atkins diet, which basically cuts your carbs down to like 20 grams a day or less. Yeah. And that really generates that process of fat burning again if you hit that plateau. And I think that's probably a useful technique, cutting out those extra carbs. Because yeah. if you've been eating a lot of carbs in your life, that has definitely put the extra fat on. Yeah. But do you think a slow metabolism makes you fat? A slow metabolism makes you fat? Yeah, because that's kind of the the main issue, I guess. People credit a slow metabolism. Like if someone's skinny, they say, oh, he has a high metabolism. He can eat anything he wants. Whereas I have got serious problems with my metabolism. Yeah, and it's easy to, to kind of default to that because most people believe that. And so then you just kind of continue on with your whatever habits that you've developed over the years with eating. And um, there's no reason to make any changes because it's out of your control. But once you accept it, it is in your control, then everything becomes a lot easier, you know, with that self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. So the doctor says, uh, a sluggish metabolism doesn't instantly mean a life sentence of obesity. It still all depends on your calorie intake. Once again, relying on the calorie theory of weight loss, which is itself a myth. I do agree with this one. The only real explanation for weight gain is that you're eating the wrong food. You need to learn which foods will cut hunger and which foods will give you the vitamins and minerals you need, but on fewer calories. Well, which foods do cut hunger? I mean, we've mentioned this numerous times on the, on the show. Uh, your fats are going to be satiating for you. Yeah, that's the thing. Once again, it's, you know, eat fat to burn fat and forget about these high-carb myths. 
and forget about the calorie theory idea and counting things just obsessively or compulsively. It's more about just adjusting the way you look at, you're looking at food, the things that you're eating, the types of foods that you're consuming, and getting your energy more from fat than from carbohydrates. I mean, that's the biggest myth in our culture, is that our energy must come from carbs. And that has led to this real epidemic of obesity. Yep. And all these, you know, of course, the middle section of the grocery stores are loaded with all these high-carb processed foods that are just horrific for people's health and fitness levels. Yep. What about getting older, man? Getting older causes a drop in metabolism? Yeah, it looks like that one's a fact. I've actually noticed this, that I do require less food per day. Uh-huh. It's amazing how efficient the body can become. Because, I mean, if you look at Paleolithic humans, they didn't have access to all this, this bounty of foods that we are inundated with. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't count calories back then. No, 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 no. They didn't even know what a calorie was. <laughs> so yeah, it says most people are less active as they get older, which means at 60, we really do have to eat 500 to 600 calories a day fewer than in our 20s just to stay the same weight. So I think that actually, if you're eating the right foods, that's going to happen more naturally. You're just not going to need to eat as much and you're going to feel it. But you know, in this article, they feel the need to point it out because we have so much food around us. And if you keep going and keep eating after you're, you know, in your, into your 60s and keep eating like you used to, it's going to start packing on the pounds. But, you know, how many old people, like, you know, over the age of 75 or 80, how many old people do you see that are overweight or obese? Hmm. Not as many, you would think, as the middle-aged. No, no, because it doesn't, you know, if you're carrying this extra weight, that's going to have an effect on your health, and a lot of people just don't make it to be that old. This is true, yeah. So I guess when you're eating less as you get older, it's more the quality of food that you're eating, and it's always that. It's always like eating quality food is more important than any sort of quantity issue, and uh, that would go a long way, cutting out junk. Yeah, cutting out junk, it says at the end, yeah, that's always a good thing. But then, you know, the psychological side, which we address in the book too, the self-acceptance, like you're saying, that it's a matter of accepting where you are and then where you want to be and setting the goals for yourself to achieve those things. And so it's really important to uh, focus on the inner conflicts that are going on with this whole eating of the junk food and the, I guess you could do heavy lifting with the donut bells, but um, <laughs> just don't eat them <laughs> as tasty as donuts are. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, I think that wraps up uh, metabolism. And a good place to start for all of this is to download our three pillars for achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection. Just go to the website, healthymindfitbody.com, and enter your name and email, and you can get that. It's a 20-minute audio. And it's a good way to start your, your process. Mm-hmm. And if you like this podcast, give us a review. Uh, we'll put the iTunes link in the show notes. And hope everybody's having a great holiday season. Mm -hmm. Feel free to send us comments about your challenges in this time of year where there's lots of food everywhere. <laughs> Always look forward to hearing from listeners to see what their issues are. Yeah. And I'm going to go grab myself a nuclear penguin here. So I need to, Excellent. I need to get going. Only in moderation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only one. Yeah. Well, take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>